Bet365 sponsors our podcast and they feature over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from the Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Welcome to another edition of 5000 to 1, the Athletics Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me is Matt Elliott, the Leicester City legend and former captain. And we're going to be casting an eye over all things Leicester City for the next half an hour or so. And there's been plenty to discuss, hasn't there, Matt? How are you? I'm good, thanks, Rob. Yeah, there has been plenty to discuss. You're not wrong there. Goals are plenty, games are plenty, isn't there? And uh, looking forward to to running everything by you and uh, talking about it and... Having fun along the way, hopefully. Yeah, transfers as well. We've got some injury news as well. And we'll also uh, have a quick chat to preview the trip to Man City. Nice, easy one to bounce back from a defeat (laughs) from, isn't it, really, going up there to Man City? Yeah, Um, anything but uh, Man City away doesn't come much tougher, does it? But um, the the fixture list has been favourable, maybe, to to Leicester in general from the outset and a chance to accumulate a few points. the trip to the Etihad aside, and they'll be hoping to equip themselves a little bit better than they did last season, really. I thought they you know, were quite clearly second best against Man City. No disgrace, we I mean, know the quality that they've got there, but it's, it's sort of a marker for you, isn't it? And an early season one at that. And the opportunity, the way Leicester started in the league, uh, they'll go up there thinking they can get something from the game, but we'll wait and see, won't we? Well, absolutely. I mean, the defeat I'm referring to is the Caribou Cup defeat to Arsenal uh, on the back of um, a superb start in the Premier League. Two wins out of two. Um, goals are plenty. Seven goals scored. Uh, he rested the entire starting eleven from those two games, though, for the visit of Arsenal uh, to King Power Stadium. Um, a lot of the fringe players were coming in for a few vital minutes on the pitch, including James Madison coming back from injury and Danny Amate, who hadn't played for two years, making his first uh, competitive uh, appearance. Um, but it didn't go particularly well uh, for Leicester. Those who haven't seen it, um, it, was a, it wasn't a great game by any stretch of the imagination. It certainly looked like Leicester City, were a lot of the players were undercooked and just needing those minutes on the pitch. It was an opportunity for some of the youngsters as well, uh, like Luke Thomas and Dewsbury Hall, who came in. Um, but ultimately, Arsenal just had too much for them. Worthy winners on the night. Matt, I know you saw bits and bobs of it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I've seen uh, extended highlights and obviously looked at the reports on it. And it was, um, I, I think, in the build-up to the game, when, when you realise what the team selection was likely to be, I thought Arsenal might just have a little bit too much, to be honest, and it proves to be the case. Um, you know, there's some top-quality players in that Arsenal second eleven, if you like. Um, and Leicester well, make wholesale changes, didn't they? And you thought it might just be 
a little bit too far, really. Um, not saying it's the competition lightly, but you know, all things considered, it was probably the right way to go forward. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out, did it? For a number of reasons, as you say, there. I mean, far from ideal, players like Morgan have had very little game time coming back from injury uh, that he suffered in pre season. Christian Fuchs similarly has had you know little first team. Uh, real game time has he you know, of late in general and of course Daniel Amati that you mentioned and everything and the youngsters being involved and you thought they're going to be a little bit stretched here and it proved to be the case there, there was genuine you know f first team experience in the in the, the attacking line but they came up short as well, didn't they? You know, and again, a little bit of rustiness, maybe. There's lots of reasons you can give, but you thought from the outset that Arsenal might just have too much, and so it proved. I think in the uh, the list, the rankings of the competitions that Leicester City are in, in this massively condensed and congested uh, season, I think the Caribou Cup was probably the fourth choice, even though they reached the semi-final last year. And I think got the impression, uh, just hearing Brendan Rodgers talk after the game and just the, the atmosphere around some of the people around the club that, it wasn't too big a deal going out at the early stage and there was more important things on the night, certainly getting some of those players up to speed because they're going to need them soon as yeah. well. Um, but then <laughs> another dark cloud was cast over the evening when Rogers um, announced that afterwards that Wilfred Diddy could be out for between 6 to 12 weeks. He uh, um, mm. could potentially have taken an abductor muscle off the bone, so he might need an operation uh, and that's a big blow we saw him uh, struggling a little bit second half um, against Burnley wasn't he? he was clutching that groin area a few times and hobbling around and uh, you know and already the demands of the, the season has taken its toll with uh, another muscle injury so uh, it was a big big blow for for uh, for Leicester City and Rodgers because he was obviously standing in as the makeshift centre half uh, for the first uh, couple of games of the season, hopefully, but thankfully Johnny Evans is back now. We can just slot straight in there. But suddenly, Pappy Mendy, from being a player that looked like he was leaving the club at the end of the season, he's now become a very key figure, uh, hasn't he? With Nididi uh, uh, sidelined for a considerable time. Yeah, he certainly has. Um, you know, alongside Hamza Chowdhury, who can play in that role, as can Dennis Pratt, who's shown his versatility. Um, strongly in the start of the season, but yeah, there's a sharp intake of breath, wasn't there, when that was mentioned about Ndidi, I think generally by Leicester City supporters. Now, yeah, I don't know, it might be a little bit premature, don't get me wrong, it's, it's a blow, of course it is, and uh, you know, I think you can try and put a positive spin on it in terms of you know, how Leicester have, have started the season with, with Wilfred as centre-half, not in that midfield area, and you know they they've looked quite controlled in the middle of the park. Uh, Mendy and Tillemans have have blended well um, with obviously Pratt a little bit further forward, but they it's been a good mix in there in midfield. And I think uh, Mendy's sharpness has taken a few people by surprise. Having said that, you want a Wilfred Ndidi fit and ready and raring to go, don't you? And it's a shame for him first and foremost. Uh, but obviously the, the team. I, it looks like he's going to be out for a fairly healthy chunk of time as well, which is a disappointment um, for a number of reasons. But yeah, he's a big influence, Wilfred, isn't he? And, you know, it's borne out before, whether it's co coincidence or or by reason, probably the latter, um, that Leicester suffered in form in times gone by when Wilfred hasn't 
hasn't uh, been playing and you know he's a huge influence in the end you know, people speak about him ourselves included about the importance of him in the team he allows the others to go and strut their stuff if you like in front of him he gives them that insurance uh, pe people will be hoping Brennan Rogers amongst them that you know, Happy Mendy can continue the impressive form he's, uh, he's shown early on he's going to need to He's going to need to, you would imagine, because big miss is Wilfred, a big character in the side. He gives belief to others as well. It's not just his actual physical performance. It's the impression that he sort of portrays, you know, for his teammates and against the opposition. Big shoes to fill. But the start that Leicester have had has effectively been without him in that midfield area is encouraging. Well, that midfield has worked really well in those opening two games. And I've done yeah. a feature that's on the Athletic website looking at um, how those three have been working, Mendy, T. Limmons and, and Pratt. And Pratt has been the big surprise for, 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 for me for the opening two games, playing in that number 10 role. He's almost been playing as a second striker at times at West Brom in the first half. And what he seems to be offering is the ability to run in behind Jamie Vardy. I mean, in the, the feature, I do point out he's his average position in that first half at the Hawthorns, and he was ahead of Vardy on, on average during that first half. He is, I didn't know he could play that role. Um, I mean, I was talking to the, some of his coaches in Belgium when I did a feature about him last year. They were talking about him box-to-box, -box, great energy, combative, got all the physical attributes to do well in the Premier League, but oh, I didn't think he was a number 10. I mean, he's not a creative number 10, but he causes different problems to Madison, doesn't he? With his energy, the running in behind defences. And Madison likes to float in front of the back four, take the ball yeah. on the turn, find space and, and play a little pass in. So it's, it's, it's a different option um, for Brendan Rodgers. But it's a welcome one, isn't it? Oh, very much so. I think pleasant surprise for, for a lot of people. Although I've liked Pratt since laid eyes on him, you know, since he made his his debut. And I thought he looks like, you know, looking a natural born footballer he you know, moves well doesn't he he's powerful he's athletic he's comfortable on the ball and he's he slightly probably frustrated with himself the way things have gone because he, he seems to have many attributes and he's displaying more of those uh, this season in in that position that you mentioned but he's it was almost sort of jack of all trades master of none or jack of many trades that's for sure and I just felt there was more to come from him and perhaps he's sort of, he seems, I wouldn't say he's not a confident lad, but he seems quite a pleasant, mild-mannered individual who's sort of feeling his way into the club maybe rather than coming strutting through the door. Um, and he, you know, he's feeling more and more comfortable as time goes by and, and I think that's maybe reflecting in his performances. He's got an opportunity that he probably didn't expect in a role he didn't envisage, but he's excelling, isn't he? And being able to sort of maybe relax a little bit and not put pressure on himself, because it seemed to me like he was maybe trying to cover all angles of a midfield um, general, if you like, and perhaps not ready for that. And he's let loose a little bit, hasn't he? And been given a little bit of freedom, and it's worked. And as you say, he's got the engine to keep getting forward. Another string to Leicester's bow, and... Also, a slightly different role to what we're accustomed. You know, it is more or less a four-two-three-one at the moment. So you you do have the capacity for someone in behind Jamie Vardy to be in and around him to make runs off him beyond him, as we see, or or with Madison to manoeuvre in behind. 
um, you know, rather than depending on midfielders advancing forward, um, that people are already in more advanced positions, i.e. Pratt. But uh, yeah, it's worked well. I'm pleased for him as well. He seems a good, solid character. Um, seems popular within the squad, and I know a lot is made of it you know, about the the Belgian trio. But the fact that Castagnier has come to add the Belgian population um, within within the team won't have done him any harm as well. He's sort of helped bring his personality out a touch, maybe. And Tielemans as well has been playing in a more withdrawn role, hasn't he? He's been playing alongside yeah. Mendy more so and playing deeper, getting on the boys. It seems that seems more suited to his game because yeah. when he's in those more forward positions like Madison, he's not as comfortable in finding the space. He likes to have the game in front of him, from, from what I can tell. And um, that's certainly been seen in the first two games where he's had that little bit more time on the ball uh, from a deeper position. He's been playing some superb passes. Um, so that's it's an interesting dynamic, those three. But... Now, the conundrum for Brendan Rodgers is, with Madison coming back, and I don't think he's quite ready for 90 minutes yet, but he certainly gives them an option. And he might be tempted to bring Madison back in for that creativity in midfield. But would you, after the way they've played in the first two games? I don't think he will. No, as things stand, as you you say, last night, Madison was okay up to a point, wasn't he? Still looks a little bit short, match fitness. You know, it's not broke. Why, why fix it, basically, isn't it? I mean, I think he'll be pleasantly surprised. Maybe not surprised, too strong a word, but he'll be well pleased with how things have unfolded in the first two games. Not only have Leicester got the results, they've, for the large part of both the games, they've been in control. They've looked comfortable. They've looked the better side. Um, you know, that the results haven't been fortunate. And that's, that's good to see. You know, it's... It's nice to know as, as a squad and as a manager as well, isn't it? And gives you that confidence going forward. And there are reasons why. And it, it, Brendan will look at the positives as much as the, the negatives. And certainly that midfield mix has, has been a huge factor. Yeah, there's a, there's a good blend there, isn't there? You know, you've got Mendy, who's maybe not the, the enforcer like indeed he is, but he, he sweeps up, he tidies up, he keeps everything neat and concise uh, and Tillemans is suited without a doubt in, in, in that deeper role I think because he can venture forward and he likes a strike at goal he can still do that on occasion but he, he's, he's not maybe as aware or as nimble in and around uh, pockets in front of the defence like, like the likes of Madison is um, he doesn't have that yard of pace neither does Madison in fairness but I think Tinnaman struggles to get away from people in advanced areas, um, you know, to go past people or to, to break away from them. But as you say, deeper in midfield, he can see the pictures. Uh, he can control the, the pace of the game to an extent and pick a pass, which is probably his greatest individual asset you know, alongside with you know, perhaps delivery into the box at vital times. But yeah, he has that killer pass, isn't uh, in him, doesn't he? And uh, people can make runs off him, and I think you're, you're seeing the potential um, being maximised to an extent uh, by Tillemans in, in that deeper role. Good mix between the three of them. Hi there, I'm Mark Chapman from the Athletics Ornstein and Chapman podcast, and I'm here to tell you that this show is brought to you by Hims. If you haven't heard of them, they're basically your best mate when it comes to those tricky men's health problems. 
Now, balding is an awkward topic for men, yet a lot of us start to lose our hair before we hit 40. And the best way to take control of hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. Hims was created to make it easier for guys to seek care, especially guys who avoid seeing their doctor in person for awkward health issues. Not everyone wants to have personal conversations face-to-face -face with a stranger in a white coat. So, Hims connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and discreet. You'll get a proper consultation and they'll give you sound advice on what you can do to help your hair before it's too late. It couldn't be easier to book your free consultation. Just go to forhims.co.uk slash athletic. So that's F-O-R-H-I-M-S, F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot co dot uk slash athletic. And you can also listen to me on the Ornstein and Chapman podcast. It's myself, David Ornstein, and the athletic stable of expert writers bring you unrivaled insight into the biggest stories in the game every single week. Well, if uh, Rogers wanted to squeeze Madison in one area and uh, he could uh, feature, and it's a position that he played uh, against Arsenal was uh, on the left of the front three, but Harvey Barnes has started the season so well there. It would be really harsh on Harvey. And he, and he brings that dynamic running, doesn't he? That directness, the, the strength, the pace as well on the flank that Leicester haven't got at the moment on the right with the Ozzy Perez. So I can't see Madison dislodging Barnes either. He's going to have to be patient. Harvey Barnes has been superb so far. Yeah, as strange as it sounds, you're right. I mean, you, you look at it at the moment, as things stand, the, the position in an attacking sense is up for grabs. It's probably right-hand side of the of the three behind Vardy. Um, you know, Jose Perez, although he keeps getting these starts and doesn't quite convince, does he, more often than not. But at the same time, he still makes a contribution. Uh, he's a bit of a conundrum, isn't he? But one, I mean, of course, King is Undo is, is I'm assuming, is he available at the weekend, Rob? They're just waiting for confirmation on his uh, on his work permit. So um, yeah. um, I think I don't. Th he probably would feature on the bench if he was if he was included. Um, but so they're still waiting for that to come. That final bit of paperwork to come through and just to uh, confirm that his availability. Yeah, well, down the line, you know, you would like to think that certainly there would be the intention on signing him that he would be starting um, at least semi regularly, wouldn't he? So all of a sudden, you know, there's a little bit of competition up there. Um, you know, it looks ominous for, <clears throat> excuse me, and Damari Gray, possibly. But um, Perez has got people challenging him, as he has had previously, but even more so now. And even the likes of James Madison, you wouldn't think you'd be saying it, has, has got a fire in his hands to, to get in the starting lineup. You know, it's dependent on people's form, and that's obviously a good thing. Uh, I don't think he's likely to change any time immediately soon, but... Uh, you know, you never know with Brendan. He's, he's always got things up his sleeve, hasn't he? But uh, yeah, Dennis, Dennis Pratt would certainly have a, a case for knocking on the manager's door if he doesn't feature from the off at the Etihad on Sunday. Well, you just mentioned Damari Gray, and uh, there's another feature that um, uh, I've written about his future because um, it doesn't look like he's got much of a future at Leicester City at the moment. From what we understand, an offer, a contract offer was made to him last year by Leicester because he's in his, his last year now. 
and he hasn't signed it yet. It remains on the table. Brenda would like to keep him, but it looks like while Leicester City haven't run out of patience with Gray, Gray seems to run out of patience with uh, Leicester City and the, the lack of, of starts he's had. I, I looked at his stats, 132 Premier League appearances, and he only fi- he's only finished, played the full 90 in 13 games. But um, if you look at his stats... Um, he has been effective in terms of his expected assists and expected goals and crosses and, and passes into to the, the, the final third, into the box. But ultimately, the t- only two stats that really matter for Brendan are the goals and the assists. And he's got 10 goals in his time at Leicester City in the Premier League, nine assists. I think uh, Leicester would have hoped for a better return than that. And it seems to be... Now, with under coming in, his chances of being involved are further reduced and it looks like he's looking elsewhere to further his uh, his career. I don't know. Continual frustration, I think, on, on all parties, really. You know, Damari Gray came into the club and a lot was hoped for him, if it's if not expected of him, you know, to, to develop into a top-class force. And at times he shows what he's capable of, doesn't he? But... For whatever reason, it's more often than not, and I know a lot of people said it, and it's perhaps a little bit oversimplistic, but to say that, you know, he, when he comes on as a substitute, he's more likely to have an impact on the game than he is than when he starts. And you know, to have that mindset and to have that consistency, he needs to develop it somehow. And a lot of people talk about, you know, the end result with him, you know, that, that delivery or that assist or that goal. Um and they're too few and far between, aren't they? Really, you know, for for everyone's liking, and it's, say contract situations running out, little bit of a stalemate. Um, I'm sure he'll be utilised if he used to remain at the club over the course of the season, but it just hasn't quite worked out for him. For you know, without preempting things, you know, if he was to go, it, it may be better for all parties, and you know, a fresh start might be the best way. Well, you were right there, Brendan does see his role as an impact sub. And we saw after the restart last season how effective he can be in that role because, um, again, stat-wise, he was one of Leicester's better performers in those little cameos. Um, But obviously, clearly, he's not happy playing that role now. Um, He's at a time in his career where he really feels he should be starting and playing more regularly. Um, I can't see him dropping down to the Championship, though. He's got to move on to a Premier League club. From what we understand, there's been interest uh, but no um, concrete offers at the moment. And as he's into his last year of his contract as well, I can't imagine Leicester City would get a, a huge fee for him. But um, I think if there was a something acceptable that was tabled for him, they wouldn't stand in his way. They would uh, let him uh, move on and facilitate that move for him to further his career. But uh, it just feels like um, after his signing in 2016 and all the potential and, and having seen him burst on the scene at Birmingham City that... Um, you know, he was going to be a really big star for Leicester City and he certainly contributed well in his time at the club, but not probably to the level that everybody expected or hoped for. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair comment. And you know, if, if Damari is honest, he'll, he'll probably acknowledge that himself. It's not always easy to do that, but um, you know, he's within his rights to think it. he he deserves an opportunity to play regular first-team football. It hasn't worked out, but it's it's hard to put your finger on to exactly why. You know, without doubt, he's got the ability. He's shown that in flashes, and it's strange how people can produce that on occasion, but not consistently. And that is the key, you know, to becoming a, a top level player. 
high-class performances become the norm rather than a rarity or the oddity. And it's uh, producing and developing that consistency. And you, you need to sort of have those standards for yourself, you know, require them and demand them from yourself on a day-to-day basis. And then they tend to improve. Certainly for, that was the case with myself. I can only take it from my own experience. I knew what I needed to improve on. I needed to cut out the silly little mistakes that just crept into my game occasionally um and over time it becomes second nature and that hasn't sort of evolved with, with Damari and you know, don't exactly know why because he has the ability that's for sure but uh it's the application of it at times and um I don't know Leicester I suppose if, if he's going to move Leicester probably best served to get some sort of fee for him rather than let the contract run out and nothing arrives. Hi there, I'm David Ornstein, host of the Athletics Ornstein and Chapman podcast, and I'm here to tell you about Manscaped, the expert in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and Manscaped has just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, so you can be one of the first men in the country to experience Manscaped's life-changing products. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents, and the water-resistant technology also allows you to groom whilst in the shower. And we've got a special offer right now for all of you listening to this podcast. Get 20% off and free shipping by using the code EPL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code EPL20. Happy shaving. And you can also listen to me on the Ornstein and Chapman podcast. It's myself, Mark Chapman, and the Athletics stable of expert writers, bringing you unrivaled insight into the biggest stories in the game every single week. Well, that's a possible departure, but um, let's talk about some uh, rivals. Obviously, we've just discussed Cengiz Undermund in the previous podcast. We went into detail about what he can uh, offer Leicester City. We're waiting with anticipation to see him in action in a blue shirt for the first time um, on the back of uh, an excellent sign in, in Castagna. But um, the, the search for a centre-back continues and it looks like Setetian are really digging their heels in with uh, Wesley Fofana and reports as well now that West Ham have entered the, the race for him as well, having also tried for Tarkowski at Burnley that uh, Leicester also tried for as well. So yeah, it really is becoming a bit of a frustration, I think, for, for Leicester. Not that they haven't been able to get a centre-back in. Um, and also, interestingly, um, Brendan was asked after the Arsenal game about would he like to bring in another striker? And he admitted he would, but he, he doubted he had the resources to do that. So COVID is really having an impact on the, a lot of these uh, clubs now. And, and, and in this transfer market, we on one hand, we've seen some big fees paid for players, but the budgets aren't quite uh, what they would have been in normal circumstances, I'm sure in normal circumstances, with fans in the ground, with that revenue as well, Leicester would have a little bit more to play for. So it looks like now a centre-back, if they can get it in, will probably be the, the last piece of business for Leicester. Brenton has obviously tried to sort of cover as many bases as he can with a minimal amount or certainly a conservative amount of additions, really, and you sort of cut the cloth accordingly. And it affects even even the clubs of the, the size of Leicester City and bigger Um you know, it's having an impact, isn't it? The, the current situation. Um, I mean, if you, you look at it, and I know you've mentioned it yourself, Rob, before, in terms of COVID, 
having the effect it does and Leicester City spending tens of million pounds on a new training ground, um, the advent or certainly the proposed addition to the, um, the King Power Stadium, uh, 8,000 seater, I think it was, that was going to be extended. I'm not sure that would be the case, certainly with no supporters coming in. <laughs> Um, for the foreseeable future, unfortunately, due to the, some of the news this week, and th th there was you know talk of uh, extra facilities being bought, you know, a hotel and a sort of leisure complex attached to the ground. So all these expenditure developments, and that's before you get to recruitment aspect of things. And obviously, you know, King Power itself has, would have certainly taken a hit to some degree. So there's all these factors that have got to be built in and. You know, when you look at it, it's no surprise that Leicester aren't splashing the cash. Now, they've always tried to be relatively prudent, haven't they? And if, you know, in in their transfer recruitment dealings, and very effective they've been at it the majority of the time. But you know, even more so at the moment. But you know, most supporters are like, "Oh, come on, we need someone else to really back up Jamie Vardy or even compete with Jamie Vardy because they don't feel Ian Atcho does that." But at the same time, you, you can make a case for different players. Jose Perez can play centrally. Okay, a different type of striker. Ian Nacho can do a job, not the same as Vardy, but you know, he's trying to cover at centre-half. I, I think that is probably imperative, though, because you know, look at it, Wes Morgan, you know, the situation with Wes, Johnny Evans, I'm not saying he's injury-prone, but it, it's a possibility that he could suffer an injury or two. Um as he is, and if that is the case, there's really, you know, there is a gaping hole in the middle of the defence and something that is vitally needs shoring up. So I think uh, it's, it's prioritising, basically, I suppose. You know, you, you you can't have everything you wish for. Um, and just trying to work out the best options and the, the, the most important areas and probably that centre-half deal. Yeah, it's It's been lurking around, isn't it, to... I don't know, Leicester know whether to go for an established centre-half or that Fafana, who who ticks a lot of boxes. And if Johnny Evans stays fit for a while, he can sort of progress and slot in there slowly. So we'll have to wait and see. But fingers crossed, yeah, that uh, certainly one more addition will be coming to the squad. Well, one name that um, they've certainly moved, um, looks like they've moved towards, um, is Jonathan Tarr at uh, Bayer Leverkusen, the German international, 24 years old, experienced, certainly fits both categories really, still got potential to develop and grow, he's only young for a centre-half, um, but the problem here is he's got a €40 million Euro release clause. Now, I can't, I, and he knows Lee Congerton, so there is a connection with Leicester City, um, right. he's got a relationship with Lee uh, Congerton from their time at Hamburg. Um, so I can see him being one they're interested in, but again, that deal sounds like it's going to be an expensive one. The asking prices are still uh, sky high, but the, the uh, transfer budgets have been affected. So whether they can get this one done, if they're moving away from Fafana, because St. Etienne are, are digging their heels in, um, it'd be an interesting one though, wouldn't it? He would certainly fit the remit, six foot five, as I said, plenty of game experience, international experience as well. Yeah, He would be a good acquisition, but they've got to have to stump up the money. Yeah, but then obviously you know there's haggling and bartering to to be done, isn't there? On that, they're saying publicly that's what they want for that sort of player, that age, international experience. You know, it it doesn't sound uh, unattainable, really. It, it, certainly, when you 
I mean, Burnley are not saying that, that that's how much you would have to pay for Tarkowski, but they're, they're claiming they want £50 million. Pounds. Um, so it's a sizable difference once negotiation is, is done with that for a player who's a little bit younger. And the English market is... You know, it's, it's so overinflated, isn't it? It is because they've, I don't know what the reason is for well, that's that. Why, really. it's, that's it's why Leicester have been looking abroad because the English yeah. market is too expensive. There's there's more value to be found abroad and, there, and there's more scope to be a bit more creative, I think. I mean, it's been muted that um, Leicester could do some a similar deal to Chengizunda in terms of getting a loan and then paying a, a, a fee to make that um, a permanent transfer down the line when the financial situation could be a little bit more clearer and more optimistic. And that might be the way forward if they can do a deal like that. Yeah, that's right. Although I suppose even in this situation, clubs are initially loathe to to sort of let a player go and then they might find them back on their books. But I suppose it alleviates the position for a little while, especially if they're a player who's deemed as first choice. But... uh, you, know, you you get the comfort of the cushion of having a, a loan fee, I don't you, I suppose. So, yeah, there are deals to be done. There's deals to be done. But, I, yeah, I, I didn't quite fathom, why, going back to that point, why the English market is so overinflated. You know, I suppose they put it down to the fact that, you know, tried and trusted and experienced in the league, or whether it be Championship or Premier League, but, uh, you know, and just settled in the country. But have an understanding of the game, but I don't blame the clubs for going abroad. You, you could get at least, I don't know, you know, a third of the price off in a, in a lot of situations, don't you? And it's, uh, and it's a global game now as well. It's, it's not like, it's not like it's a rarity now for foreigners to come and play in England, isn't it? It's, it's pretty much the norm. And uh, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you look elsewhere if the, Prices are ridiculous domestically. Well, that's certainly uh, some intriguing area to uh, watch over the coming days as the uh, transfer window ticks to a close in just over a week's time. So um, I'm sure Leicester City will be looking to do some business. And on the pitch as well, they'll be looking to do some business, a tough one to Man City. And we'll be reflecting on that in the next episode of 5,000 to 1. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you, all your listeners. Join us again next time.